the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. My name is Christine Wyke. I am filling in for Phil today, and I thank him for allowing me to do so. We are discussing today the issue of who could be the false prophet and what could be the identifying mark of the beast. I think we're going to run into some information here that you're going to find extremely interesting um, in what's happening in today's technology as it relates to the mark of the beast and how we see that creeping into our everyday lives already. And also the rise of Islam. How are we looking at that in light of who the Antichrist could be, or is Islam a part of the false prophet? We start with Revelation 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. Okay, first of all, let's look at the word beast here. Um, It is referring to a government or a ruling authority. How do we know this? We have a clue of that in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 32. And it quotes here, this is, I believe, from Apostle Paul. He is making this quote here referring to his persecution. And this is what Corinthians 15, verse 32 says. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? Was Paul referring to lions and tigers and bears, oh my? No, he was not. He was referring to, I fought these wild beasts as the governments of the Roman Empire who were constantly putting him in prison for preaching the gospel. So that is our clue right there, what is meant by beasts. So we bring that over now into Revelation, and we know that the beast that comes out of the sea, we discussed that last week, that is a form of government under the Antichrist. Here we have another beast. Now this one is different. This one comes out of the land or out of the earth. The other one came from the sea. Now the land is obviously opposite. 
from coming out of the sea, but it's geographically. I believe that coming out of the land has always been referred to as the area surrounding Israel or the land of Israel. So we can possibly conclude here that this government will arise out of the Middle East. There is also a possibility here that the government will be Jewish, convincing all the Jews to follow the Antichrist. Um, But there are so many connections here as to the return of the 12th imam. Uh, They're called, uh, the believers in that of the Muslim faith are called Twelvers, or it's also called the Al-Hamadi, brought in from the Islamic script of the Hadith, where it also refers to as a rise of a government that rules from Jerusalem. So is there a connection there? Uh, A couple of the uh, other ideas here. First of all, we need to understand that the false prophet is a sidekick for the Antichrist. The false prophet can never do anything without the Antichrist in its presence, and we will see that in the next verses coming up. But what I see unique here is look at the description of the beast. comes out of the earth, okay? Two horns like a lamb. Now, that's a possibility of the two horns being a two-man or a two-sided government. Let's look at it this way, much like our own government here in the United States. We have one president, but he has two horns. You would say the Republicans and the Democrats. Both of them make up the governing body of the United States. And even though the president um, has veto power, it's these two parties that make up the Constitution, that amend the Constitution, that run the country. I call them, uh, yeah, your Congress, House of Representatives and and, uh, the Senate. But they are separated in thought, but yet they rule together. Now, in Islam, there are also two distinct branches, the Sunnis and the Shiites, or Sunnism and Shiism. These also could be the two horns. But know here that two horns on a lamb are useless. It can do nothing. Imagine a lamb with horns. <laughs> uh, it, it's almost redundant. It, it's it's not applicable to have horns on a lamb. It, it serves no purpose. So it's an idea here that even though these two factions in the government are part of the government, they really are useless. Um, Maybe we can even compare that to our own government, uh, what we have in Congress. It is just basically useless. And But look at the speech. The speech he spoke like a dragon. Well, we know the dragon is also a part of the first beast. So he obviously copies or mimics what is said by the dragon. He pretty much follows along and agrees with. Now, this would make sense that we have a government here set up as a sidekick to convince and change people's minds, the minds of people who would otherwise resist the rise and worship of the Antichrist. And that's where I feel that the false prophet could be Muslim. Because, as if you have gone through some of my programs earlier, I see the rise of the papacy 
and a pope being the Antichrist as being the main form of government. And it's going to take a very strong sidekick here to convince others that they need to follow this Messiah, this new God that has come upon the earth that has all the answers. Revelation thirteen twelve through 14. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. Okay, now we know when the false prophet comes on the scene. It is at the time or after the time that the Antichrist has been assassinated and has come back to life. We, again, reviewed that last week. This is something that the time frame here is that he seems to show his power when the Antichrist has been reincarnated or has been brought back from the dead. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven in the full view of men. Because of the signs he had he was given power to do on the behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in the honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Okay, now this beast from the earth or the false prophet is almost equal to the Antichrist in some areas. He has extreme authority, which he uses to force everybody in the world to worship the Antichrist. Now, this indicates that there are those who are going to be refusing to do this, but it seems they can be convinced. The false prophet is giving a power to perform miracles. Now, only one here is mentioned. One of them is the power to call fire down from heaven. This power is not to amuse the public, folks. This power is to scare the daylights out of those who refuse to worship the Antichrist. It will be used on those who are being stubborn. He will use this power of of killing to do away with, in quote, the disobedient ones. And in the view of others, as an example, Notice the word signs, that's in plural, meaning there will be more than one type of this miracle. And again, these are not meant to entertain people. These are meant to put scare tactics, to to strong arm those who are on the fence, those who do not know what to think, those who are, I've heard I shouldn't take a mark on my forehead, but oh my goodness, look at what happened to Joey. Uh we should probably take the mark. I don't want that happening to us. Uh, can you see it happening now? Um, God's warning us ahead of time here. The sole purpose of the false prophet is to do what? To deceive and convince the people to worship the Antichrist. That is what he's there for. Now, to further his agenda, the false prophet orders the people of the earth to create an idol or an image of the Antichrist. Um, It is a common practice. Now, we know this from just seeing these these other countries that are in upheaval right now. We see images or pictures of the dictators in every part of the city, and I'm sure they're in every home and business. This is actually a law. It is a requirement. 
that you have a picture or a statue or some sort of image of the dictator. Hitler was common with this, had his picture everywhere, had his emblem everywhere. It's a form of dominion over the people. And this Antichrist is no different. He is going to also have this set up among the people where it will be no different than being a dictator. Satan wants all worship shifted from God. I can guarantee you there's no going to be there's not going to be any cross available. Uh, we're already moving in that direction. There's not going to be a Bible around to refer to. This is the time where the Antichrist sets himself up. And uh like I said before, we are moving that way already. Revelation 13 verse 15. <clears throat> he was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast. So it could speak and cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. Now, this one's a little bit difficult to imagine, but yet at the same time, if you watch any of those tech movies or any of the Star Wars movies, this this is something that could be very possible technology-wise in the very near future. We already have cell phones, cameras, and everything else that you could say, if John's looking at it from a distance, that's an image that's been given life and breath. Do we now see a video type of movie? Uh, I mean, just a form of, oh, I would say public opinion um, where the Antichrist is going to be shown in every area of society, whether it's on TV broadcasted over large screen TVs in Times Square where the image has been given life and been given breath. Or are we going to see something that is new in technology such as a holographic type of image? It's a 3D. Something that pops up from your phone where you hold it flat, it emerges from your phone and it can keep an eye on you. Maybe that's got a web camera in it so it can keep an eye on you. I mean, this is stuff already we are starting to see. We have technology here called Skype where you can videotape yourself, talk to somebody else via a camera. You both coordinate with each other, and um, I haven't got one because I don't like my morning picture. So I prefer not having people see me in that position. I still like my phone. Without a picture. Thank you very much. But that technology is being accepted more and more by the young people. It's great to see and hear the person on the other end. Does the Antichrist use this technology? You better believe he will. Revelation 13, verse 16. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, in other words, everybody, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had that mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. People, this needs to be interpreted literally. Yes, you can use the spiritual portion of this, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But we also need to understand that there is technology available that makes this verse in Revelation 13, a dire prophecy to the exact letter. It is a mark. 
Now, something a little interesting here. If you have the Living Bible Translation, the mark has already been translated to say tattooed. Aha, is that a possibility? I'll get into that a little bit later too. Is there a Greek word for mark? Yes, there is. The Greek word for mark means to prick. That should give you a bit of an indication that could this be a tattoo that is coming. Is there technology that is coming that would hold a person's identification in this tattoo? Yes, there is. But look at no one is left out. From the baby born in a remote area of the world to an oil chic living in a palace, everybody has the choice. Then it will all come together with the verse up above it. Anybody refusing to take the mark will be killed. This will be the day, people, that every Christian who sits on the fence will dread. It reminds me of that letter to the church in Laodicea, the last, chap- last chapter in Daniel, where the people of God will be refined like fire. They will be refined by fire, like gold in a fire. These are people no longer able to sit on the fence. You are going to have to make a choice. Are you going to follow God and die for it? Are you going to deny Jesus Christ and take a mark? That is coming. Now, let's get into a little bit here with this tattoo. Okay. Throughout these last few years, many people have linked this verse in Revelation 13 to a variety of ID systems. This really became an issue when barcodes were introduced and they were placed on merchandise and the link was made to computer technology. Now, more and more, we are getting exposed to, in quote, the big brother and allowing this identifying technology for the possibility of this verse here in Revelation to become a reality. No other time in history could this have, been, could this have occurred. Until now, it is right at our doorstep. What I am going to tell you right now is true, and I believe you people need to be recognizing this as a looming danger that has already crept into our lives. We need to heed the warnings that God has laid out in this last book of the Bible. Now, there are a number of clues that we can link to the number of 666. Remember, the mark is linked to the name of the beast or the number of his name. There are going to be some sort of link between the Antichrist number and the, or his name to this mark or tattoo that is coming. Now, like I said before, I am led to understand that this mark mentioned in Revelation is a literal one. It, it must be able to be seen by men and computer alike. Now, many will interpret this mark as something spiritual. It's an action, allowing for the explanation that the mark of the hand is a form of worship. And I love you Seventh-day Adventists, but, I mean, and you could be right here, very possibly, but they link the mark to the worship of Sunday worship. That is the mark on the hand. It's the folding of prayers on the hand. It's what you do on Sunday. 
Do you pray? Do you worship on Sunday? That is the mark of the beast. They think the mark on the forehead is the thought process or the belief of worshiping on Sunday. They are very strong on this. There could be a connection. However, (coughs) whenever there's a mark mentioned in Revelation, there is the act of the worship also. Notice, every time you see in Revelation, it talks about the mark of the beast and the worship of the beast. The two go together, but yet they're separated. In other words, the mark is separate and used as the form of ID, while the worship of the beast is the allegiance to it. So you have to separate the two. And that's where I find the Seventh-day Adventists combine it And they don't separate it. So let's separate it. One thing that Satan understands is that he needs to work very slowly to get the best results in deceiving people. Inch by inch, he moves a little step at a time. Then later, we look back and we see what uh, what the progress he has made. And we're like, how in the world do we get to this point? Ever had that in your life? Or see that in somebody else's life? It's like, oh, that man's got to hit bottom first. That woman's got to see the bottom of the barrel first before she'll ever climb out and see the light. We are so slowly deceived that we finally hit bottom, and then we wonder how we got here. And then you realize it started with that simple little thing, that one little drop of alcohol, that one drag off a cigarette. It all started then. Does the uh, devil throw everything open and bash through the door? No, he does not. He slowly creaks it open, sticks a foot in, sticks a leg in, sticks a shoulder in, and then by the time you know it, he's already in the house and you didn't even realize it. That's how Satan works. And it's the same thing in this mark. Okay, last five years alone. The appearance of a tattoo on a person's body has been widely accepted. Okay, I'll admit, I have a tattoo. I did get it before I was saved. I will say that. So I guess I've been cleansed. But I do have a beautiful flower on the back of my shoulder with a butterfly. It's my favorite flower. It's a gladiole. Those are the ones that I raise. And I had a picture of that put on my shoulder. My husband, actually, two years ago, got a tattoo on his arm of the symbolic Christian fish. He wants, uh, every time he says he signs his name, he likes to see that on his arm as a reminder of what Christ had done for him. So he has taken that tattoo in a more spiritual thing for himself. Notice, tattoos nowadays are no longer a symbol of a rebellious attitude or to have membership of a gang. It used to be that way. Prison tattoos were famous. You had a tattoo, you just got out of prison. Or you have just joined a gang. Today, it has evolved into art. Many Christians have one showing their faith, like my husband. What I am not stating is that having a tattoo is evil. I don't think it is. But what I do think is, is that it's being accepted as something good to get the devil's foothold in the door. 
It's to desensitize people into thinking that being tattooed is normal and everybody should have one. That is already here. Let me prove this in another way. It seems like forever that we have had the barcode system in place. This idea was already started in 1932, long time ago. But it wasn't until the 70s that it was implemented. Many thought that this code of black bars, those funny numbers that were on the bottom with these uh, vertical bars up and down, many thought that this was the mark of the beast. And to complicate things further, a mega computer system was in place at that same time that was called the beast. Do you remember that? Many shoppers, including my own parents, would not buy any product that had the barcode on it. That just was not going to happen. It was the mark of the beast. It was linked to computers. Fast forward time a little bit. The Internet, www. We don't even need to punch that. Did you know you don't even need to punch www. in anymore? It's besides the point. You don't need to do that anymore. It's irrelevant now. But many have linked that W to the number 6. So every time you linked onto the computer or you linked onto the Internet, 666, you are punching that in. You are putting in your code. Again, is that evil? No. But it desensitizes us to what the computer can do for us. Are barcodes evil? No but it allows for the slow movement towards a mark of identification. Now we have a new ID system taking hold, something new, the chip. goes by different names called the Vera chip or the RFID chip, which stands for radio frequency identification. This is implanted under the skin using a syringe. It's about the size of a grain of rice amazing. It holds all financial, medical, personal, and whatever else information. It's already being used in countries as a means of keeping track of children. Really, it's an excellent idea. Get a baby born, chip it. You'll never have to worry about it being uh, uh, abducted and, and losing your child unless, of course, they cut out the chip. My dog has the chip as we speak. He's sitting in the garage. Um, I do pe- I do put my dog outside. He's a German Shepherd, and uh, he does stick around home, but I always am a fear that somebody will take him. He's a great dog, and a lot of people like him. So we have a chip in him. It's underneath the skin in his neck. Every passport has this chip. My Michigan driver's license has the chip embedded. The new health care bill that is coming Line 1000 provides provision for those insured to have a medical chip implanted. And I think the biggest part of news was in August of 2010, last year, Walmart, the biggest retailer, has put chips in what's called smart tags in the jeans and underwear of the clothing it's being sold. Will the chip be the mark of the beast? No, I really don't think so. But it's another step, and I think it is the final step towards a new form of technology that is here. 
Now let's get into understanding what this could be. I need you to have a pen here. You can write this down and Google this. It is amazing. There's a company named So Mark. Look at the name. Isn't this ironic? S-O-M-A-R-K. SoMarkInnovations.com. You've got to Google this. It has the technology of securing a tattoo on the skin that has ID ink. There are metals in there are metals in the ink that can be detected by a computer 50 feet away. Now, that can be perfected. These are metals in the ID ink. It takes two seconds to apply a tattoo to a person's skin where an ID reader from 50 feet away can do all the identification needed of that person passing by the computer. And it's a tattoo. It comes in myriad of colors, red, blue, pink, purple, whatever color you would like, and it comes in invisible ink where you can't see it, but the but the reader will pick it up. You don't think this is unre- you don't think this is possible? It's already being used where on animals in Europe. Farm animals in Europe have this implemented already and it's been progressing because it's working. It's easy to apply, it's cheap, it's quick. People, we're going to be lining up for lines here soon to get this tattoo. And then will the Bible have been correct about having a tattoo on the right hand or on the forehead? And I believe Hollywood would be the first one to come out with it. My name is Christine Wyke. You can reach me at 888 Six five three nine seven five two, or my website is explainthis.us. Email explainthis at att.net. Give me a call. Give me a, uh, a, a notice. I'd love to hear from you.